1: Now,
2: whenever we inquire of the Lord, we can discover the will of God. My sheep hear my voice. Now, first thing I want you to write tonight is just a reminder. When we need direction, pause, pause, and ask God. Don't run off. Make the decision and then find out it was the wrong decision. Pause. Take some time. Get with God. Discover what God wants to do.
0: When you're in a seemingly tight situation, the tendency is to make a quick decision, isn't it? More often than you'd like to admit, that doesn't always work out well. David was in a sticky situation. Some of his countrymen were under attack, and he had to decide what to do. Pastor Mark will be teaching that while David went through the same emotions you would go through, he did what the Bible encourages you to do consult God first. Yes, his case was a literal life or death one. Even though you probably won't have that critical of a choice to make, the thing to do first is to ask God for his direction. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 23, as he continues in his series called The Life of David.
2: To your lessons for We're going to study God's Word together. And again, if you are new, we use the Bible. We're going through the life of David. If you didn't bring a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Just raise your hands and uh, you can turn to 1 Samuel, Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 23. 1 Samuel 23, just get your Bibles and we'll Go through these verses together. Remember, David's on the run. Just to bring you up to speed. David's on the run. King Saul is after him. He's been moving from place to place, kind of at a time where he lost it himself and kind of came back to his senses. Took his mom and dad to a neighboring country. They couldn't be on the run with him, left him there. So here he's back. Remember, he's got 400 men with him. And uh, these are not exactly who you'd pick to be with you. But uh, God brought them to him. People that were in debt, people that were angry, people that were bitter, people that were depressed, discouraged. And this was his fighting army. So he's on the run. We begin in chapter 23. When David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are looting the threshing floors. Keilah was a border town in Judah, about around 12, 15 miles from the Philistine city where David kind of had a metal breakdown in Gath, you remember. And it's about 10 miles from where David and his men were camping. At the moment, they were in safety. It's interesting to note that because uh, Kelilah was close to Gath, uh, very close to Gath, it was vulnerable to the enemy. And it's uh, very same today when you go to Israel today and we go up to the north, we go by those areas that are close to Lebanon. And of course, when things break out, that's the towns that are shelled because they're very close to Lebanon. Well, this was the same exact thing. Keilah was right near the Philistine, and what happened is, during that time, as you can imagine, the harvest season had come, the enemy knows it, and so they go like, well, we, we can get some good wheat here, we haven't done any work, we'll just go over and raid uh, these areas, and that, that's kind of where they went, and when David heard this news uh, that the city was under attack, there's some things going through his mind. Well, why did this news come here, and uh, should I do anything about it, or do we just leave this go? Now, that's something I think that is important in all of our lives, because you're going to have some great illustrations of David doing practical things. Somehow, the news came to David. Well, sometimes news comes to us, situations, circumstances, and we shouldn't do anything about it. Other times, we should do something about it. So, how do we determine what to do with things that providentially come into our lap? Well, you're going to see in a moment that David does exactly the right thing. He goes to God, and he basically kind of says, what should I do? Should I do anything about this? Now, interesting, the news comes to David, but realistically, who should be going to fight this? King Saul should be. Uh, David is on the run. King Saul is still the king, but evidently King Saul wasn't doing his job. David is a warrior. David does love the people of Israel. He he is the next king, but he doesn't rush out. He doesn't get ahead of God. He's going to go and ask God. Good thing for us to think about. Look at verse 2. He inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord answered him, Go, attack the Philistines, and save Keilah. So there's the key. Don't lean, Proverbs says, to our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct our path. So in this very situation, David does the right thing. He inquires of the Lord. Now, whenever we inquire of the Lord, we can discover... The will of God. My sheep hear my voice. Now, first thing I want you to write tonight is just a reminder. When we need direction, pause, pause, and ask God. Don't run off. Make the decision, and then find out it was the wrong decision. Pause. Take some time. Get with God. Discover what God wants to do. Now, How did this really happen? Well, let me talk a little bit about those days, and then let's talk a little bit about today. In those days, we don't know all the time how God spoke to people, sometimes through prophets, sometimes through circumstances, sometimes directly to the individual. But in this kind of day, it's very likely, and you're going to see this a little later, that's why most people think what we're going to see in around verse 5 and 6 really should be stuck in here at verse 2. It's likely that Abiathar brought the uh, ephod with him. Now, that ephod was this kind of covering that the priest would wear, and it had a pouch in it with two stones known as the urim and thummim. And uh, we don't know a lot about it. It sounds like a movie star, doesn't it? Uh, urim and thummim. And uh, <laughs> it was this pouch, and probably what happened very often was uh, when somebody would go to the priest and say, you know, what should I do? The priest would use this ermum And basically, we don't know a lot about it, but we think it was kind of two pairs of stones. Maybe one light, one dark. And there was some sequence where the priest would know. The white would be yes, and the no would be for God. So they put their hand in and bring it out. It's kind of like, remember how many had one of those little eight balls on your... You know, and you roll that sucker, and yes, should I, should I eat this dinner with five thousand calories or not? No, and you roll it again, and roll it again, and says yes, you go, hallelujah, and, and off we go. You've been there, haven't you? It doesn't work that way. So this is kind of what it was. We really don't understand, but in he'd reach into that breastplate and pull out this stone, and it would answer yes or no. So that's probably kind of what really happened in that day. Now. Is it any better today? Is it any clearer today? Well, in the Old Testament, there's plenty of times when God went right to the person. I mean, actually spoke to them. We have that today, but it is different to us. Let me just read to you for time's sake tonight. How do we approach God today in that? Of course, we do it through prayer, but let me read you this. For there is one God and one mediator between God and the man, the man Christ Jesus. So how do we approach God trying to get answers to our needs tonight. You don't need to write this down, but you need to remember We always go and pray in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for us. Now, we don't go to a saint. We don't go to Mary. You don't come here to me. You can ask, but I'll just pray for you. You don't go to the elders and the pastors. We go directly to God through Jesus, a mediator that go between the bridge and that there's no human that's really that bridge. And then how do, once we understand that we go to Jesus and ask, how do we approach that? Well, let me read to you tonight to save time. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Notice it's not a grace of condemnation. It's, one of, it's not a grace of judgment. Why are you asking me that? No, God wants us to ask. We're to come boldly. We're coming right to the throne. And we're to understand that God wants to respond to us. He knows that's the way things work. So we have, as far as I'm concerned today, it's better because all of us can come at the same time. Can you imagine us all trying to get around the high priest with the um and thrumum, Stand in line forever. No, we go right to the throne. And God speaks to us. Now look at verse 3. So David got a yes from God. But David's men said to him, David, here in Judah, we are afraid. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the Philistine forces? So what do we see here? Remember that David's 400 men are in this boot camp. They're, They're learning kind of how to come out of that depression, that bitterness, that weakness, and he's he's working through them. So their perception is this, n- n- not going to God, just human. David, we're afraid of our lives already. King Saul's got to kill us. And now you want to go with the Philistines? They're even stronger. ...than our own people that are trying to kill us. This is the wrong thing to do. Human wisdom says, do not go. Now, to be honest, human wisdom in this situation is right. Don't go. Don't get involved in that. You're already in danger. You're hiding here. It's okay at the moment. Why would you want to do that? Well, what will David do? What would you do? One of the things I find that when we get confused... I've been there. We start asking too many people. And pretty soon we got all the, you know, it's 12 against 6. We're trying to figure what to do. Well, David had 400 against 1. What does he do? Look at verse 4. Once again, David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, I told you once, shut up. Is that what it says? No. And the Lord answered him, Go down to Keilah, for I'm going to give the Philistines into your hands. Sometimes when we're unsure of the will of God, we see the right thing to do. I would ask you to write this. If you're unsure of what God wants, ask again. It's all right. We don't hear clearly. And sometimes when we hear what we hear, we don't want it, so we want to go back. Well, notice God didn't change anything. His, his answer was the same. He wasn't mad. He wasn't angry. But David was a little confused because probably these 400, he's probably thinking 400 against one, maybe he didn't hear God right. Maybe it isn't right. So what he does, I think, is huge. What you and I do as parents when we have younger children in the home is huge. David is a role model for these 400 men. They're in training. How do you do life? How do we decide where to go and what to do? They're looking to David. What does David do? He goes back to the Lord. This is the next thing you want to write. When you see that principle, every parent is a godly leader. Every manager is a godly leader. Every pastor and elder is a godly leader. So a godly leader seeks human wisdom, but ultimately obeys God. It's not wrong. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs to get wisdom counsel from men and women is good. But bottom line, when God says, go for it, you just go for it. David's training these people. But notice how clear was this answer to David? Very clear. Yes. Yes. And then the second time he went, God wasn't angry. He even clarified it a little more. Notice he says, you go and I will give the Philistines into your hand. Victory's already done. Now, wouldn't that be nice? All this hype that we're hearing this week in the Super Bowl. I don't have a word from the Lord, by the way, in case you think. (laughs) But God already knows. Now, how does God know this? God knows the future. God knows the future. That's huge. Now, again, you'll hear that, that we can know the will of God because my sheep, John 10 says, listen to my voice. I know them. I know them, and they follow me. So David hears the voice of God. Yes. Yes. Twice. Didn't change it. Human wisdom says, no, I'm telling you, yes. You do it, you will be victorious. So what do we see in verse 5? So David and his men went to Keilah, fought the Philistines, carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines, and they saved the people of Keilah. Now, God fulfilled his promise to David in the army. As these men are there, these 400, they're understanding something very important. Here it is. The promises of God should give us confidence to obey. When God says, do the right thing, I'll take care of you. Just do the right thing and God will take care of us. That's huge. God doesn't lie. He cannot lie. Now, there's one other thing I want to bring in here very quickly. Notice David inquires of the Lord because he can't go to a Ten Commandment and get his answer in the Ninth Commandment. This isn't like, should I lie? Should I commit adultery? Should I do this? This doesn't go back to the book of Leviticus where God laid out all these principles. This is something that you can't find. So he has to go to the Lord. He's not going to the Lord and saying, well, I know you said not to do this, but I think I should know So you don't want to waste your time asking God for something that's already answered in here. Make sense? If it's answered here, it's answered here. God isn't going to change his mind. That's what you do. And of course, that's why we need to know the word of God. And there's nothing wrong with asking. I think it's very good. People sometimes say to all of us, well, I think I'm going to ask you a dumb question. I said, well, go ahead. We're all dummies. Just ask it because I'm right here, too. So don't be that way. If you don't know what the Bible says, good to ask. Does the Bible speak about this anywhere specifically? If it does, and of course, we get a lot, a lot of that in what area? Marriage, divorce, all those kind of things. So the Bible does speak about it. When it isn't clear, then we go to ask and ask God to minister to us. Now, what was God doing? Remember we told you that God uses leaders to move people from here to there. What did David just do? He moved his whole army from here to there. On what? On the promise of God. So we're always moving. We're always going forward. And this is exactly what you see David doing. He moved his entire army to Keilah. By the way, Keilah was a great city. It was a, it was a walled city. But again, next to the Philistines, subject to problems. Now verse 6. This is where many people think verse 6 is kind of a repetition. Should have gone back to where verse 2 is. No, Abiathar, son of uh, Ahimelech, had brought the ephod down with him when he fled to David in Keilah. And Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. And he said, God has... So we've changed now. We're back in the kingdom. We're back uh, at Jerusalem. Here, here's here's uh, King Saul. And Saul was told that David had gone to a uh, key how he knows, who knows, spies everywhere, whatever, don't know what's happening. And he said, God has handed him over to me, for David has imprisoned himself by entering town with gates and bars. In other words, remember, he's, he's in this Keilah, which is Wall City. So the word comes back to Saul, and Saul goes, I got him. God has finally done it right. He's put him in a place where he's cornered. Now, how deceived is Saul? 100% deceived. Saul thinks he's hearing from God. He's not hearing from God. God is not going to put David in a place where... You're going to see all through the Scripture. For these next 20 years, David's always on the run. God always protects him. Why? Because the promise was for who to be the next king? David. But Saul is so deceived... He thinks he's hearing from God, but he's wrong. Remember, we can hear three voices. The voice of self, the voice of Satan, and the voice of God. He's hearing two voices. The voice of Satan, and he's hearing himself. I'm going to get David. We have to be careful to know what we want, what we desire, And make sure that we're not hearing from God because we want that so bad. All of us in this room have talked ourselves into something because we wanted it. Every one of us. What was the fruit of that? It was not good. So be careful. That's why you need to go to somebody else in those kind of cases. Now verse 8. So what does Saul do? I'm hearing from God. We've got David. Saul called up all his forces for battle to go down to Keilah and to besiege David and his men. Now, when David learned that Saul was plotted against him, just stop there for a moment. Sometimes we just read these sentences and go around. How in the world did David hear? Somehow, God has this connection out there. I mean, this is like amazing Star Wars kind of stuff going on. Probably it's just people, obviously. But David learned that Saul was plotting against him. And he said to Abiathar, the priest, here we go again, bring the ephod. So this thing is working 24-7 with David. Now, once once he comes with this ephod, what's going to happen? Well, we're going to have this breastplate again, these two stones, this ermum and thumum, and watch what happens. And David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Keilah and destroy the town on account of me. Now, why David asked this is strange to me, but obviously insight from God. Will the citizens of Keilah surrender me to him? And will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will look at the next question and again David asked will the citizens of Keilah surrender me and my men to Saul and the Lord said they will wow who would even think of asking that what has David just done for this town hello saved all the people saved all the wheat, saved everything and why would you say will these guys turn on me Will these guys go over to Saul's camp? But somehow he knows that, and he asks God, and God says, yes, yes.
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught about a big decision David had to make after this group of men had gathered around him. David's consistent reliance upon God when making decisions about what actions to take are an example for you to follow. His willingness to trust God's direction in all his choices shows you how to live your life with the craziness it brings. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will bring you another portion of the life of David. He will be telling of God's blessing on David's life and his increasing influence in the land of Israel. You'll hear about the increase in David's warriors and their victories under David's leadership, despite their continually being pursued by Saul you'll be reminded of the key to David's success, his relationship with God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: i